Welcome to The Reset, words to help us restructure our world from the inside out. My name is Amanda Rowland, and this is the second episode in the 14-day podcast challenge from Soil and Human Health. This episode is about subtle energies in agriculture. Begin by observing your breath and waiting for calm and inner connection to arise. Then become aware that your in-breath is the out-breath of the plants around you and that your out-breath is the in-breath of all that is green in the surrounding landscape. Patrick McManaway sent this meditative thought around to those of us who've done one of his Subtle Energies courses. I found the idea of breathing in and out in synchronisation with the plants around me very pleasurable. It's such a simple idea. Here I am, still writing about plants, months in, but I have never thought about how my breath relates to plant breath. Now, when I think about breathing, it will be in connection to the crucial job I am doing as a co-creator with nature, a co-photosynthesizer cooperating in a shared ecosystem. We're all in this together. Last year, I had a lesson in how to love. Specifically, how to expunge neediness and yearning from my idea of love. This has been a huge weight off my mind. I was given an opportunity to reset my idea of love. To love what my heart draws me to love without overwhelm, without exaggeration, without being extravagant or cloying or demanding about it. I got the lesson during an encounter with a pot plant, a pelagonium, that very firmly rejected me. I'm not kidding. When you've been rejected by a pelagonium, it's a real slap in the face. I had to take a long, hard look at myself and the quality of the attention I was offering this poor pot-bound plant. So I did. I was shaken by the encounter, and I realised what a try-hard I can be when it comes to loving. Who knew you could achieve such deep personal revelations while in communion with a pot plant from Bunnings? The encounter with the Pelagonium was during an exercise held on day two of a course on subtle energies of the land, level one, presented by Dr. Patrick McManaway, MD. The rest of the group, or those brave enough to share their experiences, had breathlessly beautiful encounters with their pot plants. They emerged with fun stories of shared joy and pleasure. Some even met their plants' diva. I got rejected. I took it personally for a while and was pretty upset, but ultimately I got the point. This was just one of the exercises Patrick introduced us to, taking us through a process of learning that called on us to expand our consciousness. By the end of two days, we were to understand that all living things are sentient and the world is awash with hidden energies that can be sensed and worked with if you are prepared to spend the time to suspend disbelief and tune into them. From Geraldton, WA, to Yapoon, central Queensland, it was a huge cross-country trek to meet this second-generation geomancer, dowser and land whisperer, all under the auspices of RCS, Resource Consultancy Services, a respected agricultural training and consultancy group that operates in Australia and South Africa. 
and to meet Terry McCosker and some of his team, legends in advanced regenerative and holistic management agricultural training. RCS have been involved in subtle energies since 2001, when Dr Phil Wheeler presented a series of workshops on dowsing. This was followed by the Dawson program, which focused on human health. I soon worked it out. This was paganism for graziers. I knew that there were a few dozen people signed up for this workshop and was curious. I was bracing myself to meet shamanistic types, lots of eagle feathers. But what I got was, mostly, utterly respectable-looking men and women of the land, quite a few couples and a few farming women with health practice backgrounds. Fifteen women, nine men. I might have been one of the oddest ones there, and I'm pretty damn respectable. Most had had a long engagement with RCS through their farm and station management processes. I guess when you've worked with a consultancy ag group for a long time, trust will lead you down the stranger paths. Whatever the individual intentions of the participants were, the economic message was unequivocal. Patrick opened the weekend by stating that after decades of consultancy work, he can report that subtle energies will lead to a 30% increase in production in a farm business. Well, that's how you talk about woo-woo, hit the bottom line and ripple out from there. But I'm having trouble shaping this story for the world of podcasting, which is no doubt riddled with scoffers, as well as people pitching their own kinds of woo. It's all very well for Patrick to tell us that communicating with nature spirits was where agrarian life was calibrated for six and a half thousand years in Britain, well, right up until the last few hundred years, in fact. I'm aware that most of us are steeped in the Anthropocene mindset. Humans sit as conquerors at the top of all ecological systems. Oh, well, okay, we've just been sensationally displaced by a virus, but surely that's a hiccup in our continued ascendancy. But it seems to me that it's still news to many humans out there that we are nature. I've got a story about this. At my dad's retirement village recently, I gave a talk to the residents on their regular Friday morning speaker day. The focus was body talk, the healthcare system I've been studying and practicing for a few years, and I drew a lot of analogies with soil health. A simple, clear talk, I thought, pitched to get those interested in breakthrough health techniques to want to give it a go. After I finished, I invited questions from the audience. There was an ominous silence, and then one imperious voice rang out from the back. Amanda, I knew your parents. How on earth did you end up like this? My sister, who was in the audience, thought it was hilarious. Was I daunted? Well, yeah, but it was funny and it was instructive. Clearly, my idea of reasonableness wasn't going to fly in certain quarters. So who is this Patrick? He holds a medical degree from the University of Edinburgh and is an internationally in-demand holistic therapist, specialising in work with buildings, landscapes, geopathic stress and earth acupuncture. There are YouTube videos that will get you in tune with his thinking. Patrick has a wonderful way of introducing topics Self-deprecating humour has obviously stood him in good stead in workshops when it comes to talking about communicating with invisible energies of the land. Plant divas, presences, the spirits that reside in all animals, soil and rock come naturally to him. 
He grew up steeped in this stuff, basically took on the family business, accepting he was the keeper of knowledge and accepting that it would not be knowledge valued by all. In Patrick's words, I was raised with an understanding that all of nature is at source a vibrational interactive intelligence, with our physical experiential world being a reflection and expression of that vibrational content and tone. In his own family's six acres of garden and pastures, his mum held a Disney-like sway over team nature. According to Patrick, rabbits and moles didn't dare enter her garden and were fiercely admonished if boundaries were transgressed. Birds were advised every season which trees in the orchards were theirs to take, amazing and consistent compliance. Throughout the few days we spent together in workshop, Patrick shared many such anecdotes. David McLean, an RCS consultant, wrote an introduction to Patrick's workshop. For Westerners, it was Einstein who mooted the science of subtle energy, which later became the science of quantum physics. But I want it noted that these discoveries have still not seeped into all aspects of all our lives or created the kind of changes we humans need to embrace for a reset. If I accept the concept that all living things are sentient beings that all matter has vibrational intelligence and that by using my own intentions I can affect everything that falls within my awareness or my imagination. This represents a huge expanse of my sense of ability to act in the world. I'm going to have to be a lot more alert and sensitive to all aspects of existence than I have been up until now. Gardening has taken on a whole new light my past thoughtless and careless approach to plants doesn't bear thinking about. It's not so much that I think the plants have suffered terribly. I'm pretty sure they aren't like us. They don't bear grudges or fear annihilation. It's more of the connection that I've missed out on. So many opportunities to expand my awareness, to learn from other living beings, have been squandered. We're talking about frequencies that cannot be measured by science and are thus usually consigned to the anomaly end of the spectrum. I've raised this before when talking about both body talk and agriculture, the anomaly part. These are the trials or tests that are rejected because the readings are so out of step with the mechanistic mindset. Here's a story. Years ago, the CSIRO measured carbon levels in paddocks in the wheat belt. They got to the Haggerty's, a legendary regenerative couple, who farm near Walcatcham. They took a reading. The results were so much higher than those gathered in other farms in the region that they came back to retest. I'm told they got the same results, but just didn't know what to do with them because they were so off their charts. So they ignored them. An understandable response, I suppose, if supporting institutional mindset was of more interest than finding out how to achieve high levels of carbon soil sequestration. Let's call this way of dealing with their test results as pre-reset thinking. Science has met, has even hopped into bed with spirit, but there were those who would still rigidly separate the head from the heart, the body from the soul, and humans from the ecosystems that sustain us, and glorify the practices that maintain these separations. One of Patrick's best comments was, I don't know what the edges of this are. And he's got a lifetime of extraordinary stories. Here is one of them in his voice. 
During an on-farm field day in New South Wales, we as a group blessed the farm borehole. In tasting the water directly from the bore before and after the blessing, we were amazed and delighted in the enhancement of palatability, sweetness and the sense of a refreshing drink. A few weeks later, Patrick received communication from the hosting farmer, letting him know that since the water blessing, the sheep, who hitherto had shown a mild but not substantial preference for the trough water over that in the ponds, now when released through rotation from a pond field to a trough field, were galloping as a herd up to 1.4 kilometres to the trough and staying there until all had drunk their fill. Many such stories of water quality improving, springs returning without rain events, even improvements in mineral or salt contents of water. We were amazed and delighted becomes a bit of a catch cry and a particular expression of Patrick's gentle charm. It clearly never gets old to be part of this kind of restorative work and all can be achieved with clear intentions and loving communication. Patrick tells story after story that speak of his understanding that nature wants to help. Nature and the spirits that animate her are on our side. And if being figuratively slapped by a pelagonium is part of this learning, I'm going to take my medicine. <laughs>